following program is brought to you in living color on NBC. Hey, where y'all at? It is a thrill. I love this show. You're telling me a big fat lot. I was hoping for funny crazy. I will get on stage on Broadway and I will reenact the rantings of Charlie Sheen one day. Think you can replace me with some other guy? Go ahead. It won't be the same. Tis mightiest in the mightiest. Do not bring Shakespeare into this. You're so smart. Oh, really? Well, so are you. And yes, the rumors are true. They smoke, they drink, they use bad language in mixed company. They're extremely rich and they can flash more bling than most posses in this room. I know exactly who that is. That's the mother that loses every goddamn game. That's Kirk Cousins. <laughs> Get rid of him. Wow. Bros, come on. I love you, bros. Does everybody have to be crazy today? Now get me, Savior! Josh Brown will keep it in, but it's into the skates of T.J. Oshie. Now play back up. Here's Michael handing it off for Panther. Shot scores! Oshie off the post and in his second of the game. And the Capitals take the lead. And we're here in the DraftKings studio on the Virginia side of the Potomac. Welcome to the show, everybody. Glad you are along with us. A 7-5 win for the Capitals last night in Ottawa. They remain unbeaten in regulation on the season now. 4-0-2. A hat trick for TJ Oshie last night. Going to hear from Peter Laviolette as well as Alex Ovechkin and Connor McMichael here in just a couple of minutes. But before we get to that, let's get to our four takeaways from last night's big win. Four. All right, number four is, in fact, T.J. Oshie. Oshie broke out last night. No goals on the season coming into this one. Scored a hat trick last night. And that was, uh, well, that's a good thing when you get uh, one of your top centers uh, busting out like that, or in this case, top wingers busting out like, like that. It definitely helps. Uh, Oshie was on the line there with uh, Connor McMichael last night. McMichael giving uh, Oshie all kinds of credit for helping him develop. And uh, Alex Ovechkin saying that, yeah, Oshie was just a maniac last night. Yeah, obviously he was flying today. Um, you know, it seems like uh, everything with uh, you take a shot or make a play, it's uh, – 100% uh, goes uh, in the net or to the, uh, our stick. So um, I think their line pl- play very well. And uh, uh, so it was nice to see uh, he got a heady. Three. Ilya Samsonov, is he the number one goalie right now? He might be. Case of, and the reason I say that is because of this. Um, Against Calgary, you might remember, uh, if we've all done our reading, Vitek Vanacek was chased from the game after giving up three goals in the first. Well, Samsonov gave up four in the second. Still, Peter Laviolette stayed with him, and he was rewarded. Sammy kind of steadied himself there after that first outburst, only gave up one other goal. Caps were able to win the game. I'm just wondering if that means that Samsonov is, in fact, the number one goaltender right now. Laviolette, pretty complimentary uh, about his work after giving up those goals. There's probably a couple that he'd like back, and then there was a couple where, you know, they were incredible saves. And so um, that's probably the best way to describe it. He made, he made a lot of good saves. And Laviolette has been critical uh, of Sam He's been hard on him uh, this uh, this season. You know, I could have named him the number one goalie in training camp, decided to have a competition. I think a lot of that had to do with the fact he was not pleased 
not just with his on-ice, but his off-ice performance last year. I think that might have had a lot to do with it. But the fact that he stuck with him here uh, when things weren't going quite as well makes you think that maybe finally Samsonov has secured that number one spot in between the pipes. Two. Number two is the great eight, Alex Ovechkin. Obi, two more goals last night. He is now just four behind Brett Hull. Uh, for fourth place on the all-time list. First one was an unassisted. Second one, he got uh, late in the game to kind of put things away. The first one, too, on the breakaway was just so pretty, uh, going in between the goalie's legs there. You just, you keep waiting for it, you know. We keep saying, oh, oh he's getting old, he's getting old. Is there going to be a fall-off? There is not a fall-off so far. Seven goals so far on the year. Hell, at this rate, he's going to be up to second or third by the time the year's over. I know, he's he's going to have a little bit of a slump here. Things are going to slow down. But you got to love the fact that, um, that, that he's playing so well so early. Big part of the Caps' success early on. And, hey, they need it. You know, Carolina not only hasn't lost a game in regulation, hasn't lost a game in overtime yet. So, you know, despite the torrid start for the Caps, they're still in second place right now. One. And hey, let's give number one to Connor McMichael. The rookie got his first two points of his NHL career last night on two assists. And one of them uh, to Oshie, I believe, was the second one to Ovi. Might have been. I can't remember. I mean, either way, you know, not only do you get your first NHL points, your first assist is on a goal by TJ Oshie. And he had about 10, 15 members of his family there in the stands and that's got to be special too which you know he said it kind of was afterwards it was cool i mean uh i had that in the back of my mind the whole game i mean they were a big part of my hockey career um taking me to the rink early mornings and stuff like that so it was cool to play in front of my family all right so the caps off on tuesday got a game wednesday at capital one arena against the detroit red wings with red wings are playing you got to think That's looking like win number five at this point, but we shall see. When we come back, time to head to Ashburn. It is the post-mortem on the football team's loss to the Green Bay Packers. Can't really call it an existential crisis, though, anymore, because I think we kind of know who this team is, and we've just got to accept it. That's coming up next. You're listening to the Bob Matthews Podcast right here on the Hockey Podcast Network. NFL fans, if you're hungry for a big win this week, well, DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, has got you covered. New customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game. If they win, you win $200 in free bets. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. It's that simple. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, don't worry because DraftKings is not going to leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contests. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code THPN, bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game, and win $200 in free bets if they win. If they win, you win with the promo code THPN, this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 
You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Call is overturned because he gave himself up on this dive. It's dead right there, just short instead of a touchdown. Fourth and goal inside the one. Heineke sneaks it, and I don't know. Now he reaches. Second effort didn't get him in. They're going to spot him. Short. I'm not angry. Just give me the ball. You son of a bitch. Uh, that's a scene from uh, Artie Lang's movie, uh, Beer League. Can't you see that? That was probably the thought process going through Ron's head, though. Don't you think? Welcome back to the show. We have got to hit on the Sunday afternoon that the Washington football team had in Green Bay, a 24-10 loss. It drops Washington's record now to 2-5 and five on the season. They go to Denver on Sunday. I wasn't even mad about the game. I really wasn't. There was, And there was no reason to be mad at the result last night. I don't know. Maybe that's even worse for the fan base than being upset because I think it lets apathy start to creep in. But there was really no reason to be upset about the outcome. We saw what the Burgundy Gold was this year. They are what they are, and that was completely um, represented and shown on the field. Even if Taylor Heineke had gotten in there, uh, it, it wouldn't have mattered because they they still would have lost the game. Um, you go back, and I know one of the things you're going to hear is, I think, five trips inside the red zone, zero points. And it's valid because when you get in the red zone, yeah, you have to come away with points, but... The way you have to think of it is that really it's a little skewed because had Heineke had Heineke gotten in the end zone uh, there on that fourth down play, and I kind of think he did. And we're going to hear from Ron Veron in, in a minute. Um, even if if he so if he had gotten in there, the Packers wouldn't have had the ball on the one yard line. They wouldn't have punted back to Washington in in good field position, which necessitated the next uh, trip to the red zone. Now, yeah, maybe they would have gotten in, gotten back to the red zone anyways, but who knows. But really, I mean, watching Washington as the team is constituted now in the way it's played, let's say that had been a, a 24-17 ball game or a maybe a, a 21-20 ball game somewhere late in the fourth quarter, do you think Aaron Rodgers would have not been able to engineer the key drive that would have put the game on ice? Because you know he would have. Uh, It's just the way it is. With regards to Heineke, I don't know what else to say. It's I think it probably is time to take a look at Kyle Allen. And I only say that because Taylor Heineke – doesn't have the arm to be a starting cornerback, a quarterback in the NFL. He's got the heart of a lion. He really does. And there are intangible things that he does every week that you can't teach. And we saw that. Looting the rush in the first quarter, throwing that 
that long ball to, that Terry McLaurin was able to go up and that point that time come down with for a forty whatever yard touchdown. We saw the scramble for what 36, 39 yards, something like that, and maybe even more significantly, the uh, fumble recovery uh, on that flea flicker. Most quarterbacks aren't going to make that play because they're not going to still be be playing at that point. You know, they'll throw their block, sure, but they're not going to be trailing the play like that. That's the good that you get with Heineke. Unfortunately, I think the bad has started to outstrip it, and the bad is not so much even the missed opportunities in the red zone, but the fact that he's just floating the ball way too much. And we saw it. I'm only about halfway through just the condensed version of the game, but just in the first half alone, he had nine passes either – too high, too late, or too far behind the receiver. And that it affected, you know, the route that the receiver was running. He nearly got J.D. McKissick seriously hurt on a couple of them. Totally hung him out to dry. That's why you That's why you can't afford, I don't think, to play him anymore. Because he just doesn't have the arm to make, to make the throws and to make them on time. You know, I mean, you know, how many times have we seen Terry McLaurin have to jump, you know, five feet in the air in order to to bring down a ball that was too high? How many times have you seen a receiver have to, you know, reach back across his body because the ball's thrown behind him? And and although I, w- I want to take a look at it on the all twenty two, the uh, the incompletion in the end zone to Ricky Seals Jones on uh, on fourth down, I think. He had, I think he had two guys open in the end zone when he threw that, and yet he was he was locked on to Seals-Jones. So uh, we're going to have to, I, like I said, as soon as uh, it, hopefully the league will get the All-22 out to us a little bit earlier this week, and we can actually take a look at it. All right, let's hear from Ron. As we do every Monday, we take uh, Inside Ashburn, and we get to hear from Ron Rivera. He meets with reporters on a conference call. We get to talk to him after he's had a chance to digest the game and take a look at a little bit of the film. And in, as the case has been the last few weeks, calm down. All right, first uh, question we asked him about the fumble on fourth and one. Again, I, I get what happened there on third down, I, I get you have to read the letter of the law. You can't let intent or object or subjectivity come into it because that just opens up a Pandora's box. Uh, the bottom line is Taylor Heineke should have run in. He shouldn't have dove. Um, but the second play, the fourth down play, I, I think Ron has a better case to make that the officials blew the call. One is on, 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 on any given play, there's one guy that's assigned to watch the quarterback. Okay. So during that play, he goes to run the quarterback sneak. He fumbled the ball, the ball got knocked out of his hands. He grabbed the ball and then lurched it forward across the goal line. What I was told was that while they were looking at the review, they couldn't tell whether or not his knees had touched the ground. Well, there's a couple assumptions you can make, and apparently you can't rule a judge on assumption. And that is, that because all those bodies were on the ground, he never put his knees on the ground. Well, when you look at the at the coach's rear view as uh, as far as the end zones, you see that he never touches the ground with his knees. 
Well, then I started thinking, wait a minute. I thought we had a guy that's assigned to just watch the quarterback. And if that's the truth, then shouldn't he have been able to tell whether he had touched the ground or not? So I, again, I, and I'm, 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 I'm sending that one in for an explanation as well, just so I, I it can be explained to me why um, and, and, and how that was judged. You know what I'm saying? Because uh, again, if we assign a guy who's, whose sole purpose for the most part is to protect and watch the quarterback and protect him, then wouldn't he be able to tell you whether or not his knees were on the ground? Okay, and, and again, I, I get the whole rule of when a guy slides and gives himself up, but in that instance, wouldn't you say more than anything else, it did look like he was extending to score the touchdown and then he's, he curled up to protect himself and slid across the goal line? Uh, again, again that's, are we judging, judging intent? intent? And that's my question. Yeah, yeah. If we are, if, are we judging intent or are we not judging intent? Because you can't, nobody in his right mind can say that Taylor Heineke's intent was to kind of take a knee there on the half yard line, but it is what it is. And like I said, it would not really have changed the outcome of the game at all because the Packers were doing just enough to, to get the win and they didn't have to do any more. Had they had to uh, fully, um, fully confident that they would have done what they were going to have to do in order in order to win um thought the defense played well i did and this is two weeks in a row especially the defensive line uh played very well so maybe that's an encouraging sign uh going into denver this week you gotta you gotta think uh, this is a game that this team is capable of winning I mean, it just is, and the season may be riding on it. If they can win this weekend, they're three and five. You got the bye week. Tampa comes in after that at home. You're not winning that game. You're just not. But it could be, you know, you would hope to make it interesting. So you're looking at three and six after nine games, but that sets you up for a run. You don't have a lot of room for error, but teams that you're capable of beating. Carolina doesn't look great. Seattle, who knows how they're going to look at that point. They may be out of it by then. Russell Wilson may or may not be back. And then you've got the NFC East. And the way they're playing right now, no, I don't think they can beat Dallas. Certainly not twice. But I think they can beat the Eagles twice, and I think they can beat the Giants again. So it'll be interesting to see. Very, very interesting to see. Uh, let's see. Uh, one other part of the team that uh, one other part of the team that played really well, offensive line. Again, uh, only uh, one of Taylor Heineke's sacks was while the game was in the balance. It's been a nice surprise this line, and it's been a nice surprise that this line has got some depth too. Because remember, you're missing uh, both Brandon Sheriff and Sam Cosme right now on one side of the line, and it really hasn't played you haven't seen that much of a drop-off Wes Schweitzer can play without a doubt Cornelius Lucas can play without a doubt and we are not the only ones that have noticed that uh Rivera noticed it as well when when everybody knew what we were going to do they were able to pin their airs back and you know they got some pressure on our quarterback but uh I, I have no concern with what we've done offensively with the offensive line I think those guys have held up for the most part um they've done a great job I mean if you look at what we accumulated in terms of stats and I know figures lie in large figure but uh, you know based on 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 the success we had throwing the ball um it, it'd be fair to say that in my opinion they played well 
Oh, I forgot. Uh, one of the guys that played well on defense, back to the defense for a second, uh, was Jamin Davis. Five tackles in the first half, four of them solo. A little bit quieter in the second half, but then again, Green Bay only ran, uh, I think, 20 plays in the second half. But Rivera said that Davis is coming along. Second straight week, he's had a strong performance. Well, the biggest thing on that is you'd like to see Jamin, I, I, I don't disagree, get his hands on a little bit first. Secondly, then he's got to understand where his leverage help is and then work to, 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 to the, that position. Um, in that particular defense, he had post help. So at the snap of the ball, as you said, you'd like to see him get his hands on it, then convert, get to the outside, because knowing that that guy runs a post route, he's going to run right into the safety. And if he runs a seven or an out, he's going to run right to where Jamin is. Um, and that's an experience thing. The more Jamin plays, the more he works, the more he gets into that situation where he's playing that particular coverage in that particular situation. Um, he'll know and he'll learn, you know, that, hey, based on this, I've got to go ahead and convert to an outside position because my leverage is to the inside. So finally, two and five, got to go to Denver this weekend. Again, it is a game. You have to think that this time, for the first time in a few weeks, they could actually win and need to win. So what is the focus for this week? It's going to it's gonna be exactly like we did last week. There, there's, there's a lot of things that we harped on, a lot of things that we really focused in on, and we'll continue to do that, uh, especially in practice. Uh, I think the, you know, the demand will be obviously to, 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 to get better, get a little bit better each time, and uh, that's exactly how we will approach this game, uh, is that there's an opportunity to win, um, this is a, uh, a game that uh, is, is, I think, is very important going into the bye because it could, it could really set the tone and tempo for us going into it and something we can build on as we come out of it, come out of the bye. So, um, you know, the focus obviously will be to improve and, and, and to prepare. One thing about Ron, you're going to get the same even-keeled answers every week. Win, lose, or draw. All right, let's go do it for us. Uh, coming up tomorrow, we'll take a look back at Caps and Ottawa, a very well-run organization for a change. Thanks for uh, joining us, folks. Don't forget, you can catch us at sportsjourney.com. You can catch us on the Megaphone app, also Spotify, iTunes, wherever fine podcasts are sold. Also, drop us a uh, follow, will you? Uh, on Twitter, at BodMatthews965. See you tomorrow. Remember, like the wise men once said, if you're out on your bike tonight, as always, wear white.